Hi there and welcome to Hugh. My name is Darren. I know it's been a little while, but I'm back. Today we're going to talk about God's love. Many people say it is unconditional or that it is conditional. The Bible doesn't use either of these words to describe God's love, but God's words and actions clearly leans towards one more so than the other. Now before we go any further, if you're wondering about the change in my voice, I will explain. I've just had major heart surgery on the 3rd of October this year and having the oxygen tube down my throat during the procedure has affected my voice. If you're wondering about my heart, I was born with a heart murmur which has not really affected my life too much but in the last 12 months or so the murmur has gotten worse so I had no choice but to get it fixed before it became unfixable. Many people have been praying for me, which I am very grateful for, and I can tell you that everything has gone better than well. So I thank God very graciously for his hand on my life and for those who have been praying for me. Thank you. Okay, back to God's love. Ephesians chapter 3 says that God's love passes all knowledge, and yet it is knowable. So where do we start? Well, first of all, how does God love his enemies and how does he love those who follow after him? Is there a difference between the ways he loves these two groups of people? After all, the Bible is full of conditions, commandments, rules and choices, which are laid out clearly according to 1 John 4, 8 by a God of love. Secondly, if God has asked us to love enemies and friends with instructions from him on how to do this, surely then we must expect God to act and do the same. So in this part one of the podcast, we will look at God's love towards his enemies. Atheists hate the way God treats his enemies as described in the Old Testament and therefore throw the Bible back in God's face, accusing him of genocide, being a murderer and a tyrant. So I just want us to start with Leviticus chapter 19 verse 15 or just read that out do not pervert justice do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great but judge your neighbor fairly so God is saying do not pervert justice which means he must follow his own advice now I just want us to go back to the nation of Israel I've picked a bit of a hard one here regarding the Canaanites but it is something I'm not going to sweep under the carpet. It's something we need to look at. The nation of Israel has just escaped out of the hands of the Egyptians by the power of God. God has shown himself as all-powerful to the Egyptians and the Israelis. Both nations realize this God is real and true. One nation, which is the Egyptians, tries to resist God by fighting against him using their own gods and wisdom which utterly fails. The other nation, which is Israel, submits to God knowing that his intention is for their well-being and therefore God blesses them. Israel soon realizes that God wants to look after them and bless them. God gives them his commandments and moral advice that reveals a lot about himself and it is also what he expects them to practice as well. God wants the Israelites to walk in the knowledge of truth that is beneficial for everyday life. And that's not just for the Israelites, it's for anyone else who would like to know and live in truth. So Israel is wandering through the wilderness with their leader Moses. They eventually approach the land of God, which he has promised to them as an inheritance. 
God then commands Israel that they are to destroy the Canaanites completely as a nation. Every man, woman and child must be killed and removed from their land. Now, is this truly how God loves his enemies? And at the same time, is this the way he is teaching Israel justice by killing their enemy with no mercy? Okay, so what I want to do here is let us look at the Canaanites. The Canaanites used to know about this God that Israel now follows as a nation. How is this so? Well, Abraham and Lot served God in the land of Canaan. Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim were cities in Canaan which were destroyed by God in a way that could not be forgotten. Melchizedek was the king of Salem in Canaan who also served God. Isaac and Jacob also lived in the land of Canaan and worshipped and served God. So the Canaanites originally had knowledge of God but after four generations they had pushed God aside and pursued their own desires and pleasures. And these desires and pleasures are listed in Leviticus chapter 18, which is mostly unnatural sexual activity with family and animals. And the last sin of all, sacrificing children to their gods, which is not a good thing. What has this got to do with God loving enemies? Even though this wickedness was still going on, God still blessed them with rain, blessed their land with food. God gave them people who served him to live amongst them to be a good examples. He destroyed the cities of the plain where Lot lived as a warning to the rest of the Canaanites not to follow their wicked practices. Then there is the news about this living God who rescued Israel out of Egypt that reached the Canaanites before Israel came to their territory. And yet none of them feared God nor turned to him to repent of their wickedness. Only Rahab and her family were saved from the city of Jericho. So with Israel now learning more about God and how to live life the right way by loving each other properly, God could not allow the corruption of these nations to influence them. That is because God's love is also about protection. If you love someone, then that love includes protecting them. God warned the Canaanites out of love and concern. As God declares in Ezekiel 33:11, As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Unfortunately for the Canaanites, they did not heed God's warnings or receive the witness of his servants that lived among them. So God's protective love had to step in to remove the danger of wicked living so that the preservation of right living will continue unhindered. So in conclusion to God loving his enemies, he does not judge and destroy them with a murderous hate, as many nations over time have done. He does not command the Israelites to torture, maim, to make sport of, to act cruelly towards them in any way. He has them killed in a manner that is right and sadly removed from their own land. God loved the Canaanites by blessing their land and giving them warnings. But due to their wicked lifestyle, God's love for their neighbours stepped in to protect their neighbours from their bad influence. And also remember this, in the book of Jonah, the great city of Nineveh, who received a warning from God, turned away from their wicked practices. God then forgave them and spared their city from destruction. And it could have been the same for the Canaanites if they had listened and learned. So I just want to finish with this. 
Romans 5 8 but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us this statement tells me this there is no enemy outside of God's love his love includes all of mankind regardless of his or her attitude so I encourage you to pray for your enemies and God's enemies and treat them well and leave the judgment of God to God. Thank you for listening today. Part two is going to be about God's love for those who follow him. And I'm going to pick a hard one. I'm going to pick Job because what happened to Job was quite difficult. So that is going to be next time. Thank you for listening. Take care. Bye.